Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel 3CR on your AM dial, 855am on your AM dial, as I said. Your focus on Australian film and today we're going to look at a part of the Australian film industry which may over you might overlook uh, the importance of but filmmakers definitely don't and that's how do they, they get their films to you the audience and there's this thing that's on the internet now called FanForce and I thought I'd get them to explain what their business is because as viewers of Australian films, you might be really keen to know about this new development in film distri- distribution. And I've got on the line Danny Lachev. G'day, Danny. How are you? Hi, Annie. Good, thanks. I tried my name there. Oh, did I say it wrong with <laughs> Lachev? I did. And I looked it up. It's the goat. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that you announced that on uh, on national radio for me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Because um, there is actually, and the and the other funny thing about it is, of course, there is a, a film connection because there's this uh, famous uh, French film, isn't it, or French or Spanish film? That's uh, a... yes, it's yes, there is. Uh, yeah, it's a French film. Yeah, <laughs> I that's know right. It well. Yeah. Well, that's okay. We're in Australia now. And uh, while we've got you on the line, uh, you can tell us about FanForce. Now, can you explain to my listeners what FanForce is? Yeah. Well, look, it's it's basically a cinema on-demand platform. So what it enables people to do is uh, really get... uh, uh, get films into their local cinema that are quite difficult to see. Uh, So a lot of people um, use our uh, platform uh, for a whole range of different films, but they're mainly for those particular films that, you know, that there is a demand in communities for, but uh, cinemas don't always want to take the risk of screening it. So um, before you go on up. there, before you go on there, can you? A lot of people don't realise just how limited the exhibition time and how incredibly dicey it is financially uh, for exhibitors, and that's why there's such a short run for, and only a, a small pool of films actually get shown in theatres. Yeah. That's 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 exactly right. So a lot of the cinemas, a lot of uh, smaller cinemas, particularly in regional areas, are run by owner operators. You know, they're often uh, families that that run these small cinemas, and sometimes, you know, some of them have even only got one screen. Um, 
So for these guys to actually uh, take a risk on a film um, is really difficult for them to do. So, um, you know, you do have to appreciate that on, in certain areas for them to run something that they know has got a really huge campaign behind it, is run by like a big uh, American studio that is going to publicise it, uh, you know, really well. Um, that really mitigates the risk for them. So when they're running a film like that um, and they have to stop it to run a smaller film, it does become a bit of a challenge for them. And um, so what we saw as, as a result from that, that, uh, you know, less and less Australian films were kind of getting shown. Um, because, of course, what people don't realise, of course, is that in Australia, quite often, people are spending all their money on the actual production of the film and they definitely don't have, you know, half the budget for promotion. That's exactly right. Yeah, promotion often suffers. And if you don't have those uh, multi-million you know, million dollar uh, marketing campaigns behind it, um, it often doesn't reach those audiences. So it's quite difficult uh, for some of the smaller films to compete when you've got, you know, massive billboards and huge multi-faceted uh, uh, social media campaigns and broadcasts. And, you know, the, those kind of films just permeate all, all parts of the community. So there's no way for you to escape the campaign of, you know, the Suicide Squad or any of the Marvel franchises because... They're just so well orchestrated. So when it comes to a smaller film that, you know, has got a smidgen of the budget, uh, often a lot of that goes into uh, the production. So, uh, Well, uh, um, we, could, we could talk about a film that's just come out that I don't know if a lot of people know about, but is a great, is a perfect film of this sort, and that's Embrace, isn't it? Now, you've got Embrace on your platform, right, on offer. We do, we do. Look, it's a fabulous uh, documentary uh, made by... Uh, this uh, lady, Taryn uh, Brumford, and uh, some people may remember her uh, from a couple of years ago. She released a picture on the internet um, that seemed quite an innocent picture of someone who was quite happy with her body. Uh, it was a before and after picture, but kind of in reverse. It basically showed her um, at, at an early stage. She did a lot of uh, bodybuilding, and uh, and uh, she was really keen to, you know, she did a lot of... Uh, work on, on trying to look a particular way and uh, she she gave that up after a while because she, she was worried about the sort of messaging that it was sending, you know, to her children and the way that it made her feel. feel. It just didn't seem worth it. So re she released this picture online with her, in, her, her normal body, body after she'd given that up and uh, it absolutely it's just went crazy online. So in some countries she was on the front page of newspapers because... This was such a controversial idea that a woman could be happy with her body, um, uh, you know, and comfortable in her in her own skin, no matter how uh, how she looked. So anyway, the documentary is just basically about her journey and uh, her, um, her you know investigation of how women feel about their bodies and why they feel uh, you know so bad about them and how society can actually change it. And so, I've I've um, seen this film. It's it's a it's a really amusingly well put together, uh, crafted documentary, but and about an incredibly important issue, basically. It is, yeah, it is. It's re it's really important. Um, and uh, because she's got quite a a lot of followers behind her, uh, everyone was uh, all of her followers were really keen to see that film. Um, but you know, when you're talking about the campaign for that up against. Uh, you know, some of those big films that we were discussing before, it is really difficult to get the public knowledge out there about the film. 
So, but despite that, uh, we were able to, you know, ha have a lot of traction uh, with people online, with a lot of people from the community, from people uh, that have hosted other screenings with us before as well. And uh, it's turned into our most successful uh, campaign ever. So in the last couple of months, we've had probably about 350 bookings for that film all wow. across Australia and New Zealand. And um, it's been amazing to watch. Like, we've really... We've really just sort of uh, been amazed at the lengths that some of these people have gone to get this film into their communities. Like, they've not only um, publicised it, but they've gotten the media involved, uh, they've gone to radio stations, they've uh, gotten businesses in their communities involved, and that's kind of how our, commun our uh, community works and how we help publicise the film, is that we work, we work with these people on a grassroots level and we give them a whole bunch of uh, assets to promote online. Uh, we send them posters and we give them um, sort of all the tools that they need to sort of promote the film. Um, and if they follow all of the steps that we give them, um, it can really sort of uh, turn into something as successful as Embrace has, where uh, these screenings aren't just sort of going ahead, but uh, they're selling out. And some people have been so uh, great at doing this that... They're on to their third and fourth screenings in their community. And these are like three... Some of these are 300 and 400-seat cinemas, so they're not they're not small venues either. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, it is. So, look, I, what I probably didn't explain too well, though, is the way that uh, we mitigate the risks that we were talking about for, for those cinemas. And that was kind of the most one of the most important things about how the platform works is that there's a lot of uh, costs that go into actually, aside from the promotion of the film, there's a lot of costs that go into actually screening the film. So the way that our platform works is that uh, anyone can, you know, go to it and say, OK, I want to see Embrace in, you know, Ballarat. Um, uh, we book it in with the cinema. Um, we schedule it. We make sure that the film is going to get to them on the right date. But we also work out how much it's going to cost to actually screen that film. So, uh, and then you work that, out how many bums on seats you need. Is that right? right, yeah. So, so it might work out, let's say that there's 100 seats in the cinema, it might work out that uh, we need to sell 30 tickets for that screening to go ahead. Okay. So, um, so on, our, on our platform, um, whoever's hosting the film can see, okay, look, I've got uh, there's a little red line that, that crawls across the screen and it shows how many tickets you've got to uh, sell to reach the tipping point. And once you do that screening goes ahead and everyone that's actually bought a ticket gets notified that their credit card's going to be charged and then the screening goes ahead. But no one actually gets charged unless that screening goes ahead. We just put a hold on their credit card um, and then soon as, uh, everyone, as soon as that reaches the tipping point, everyone's charged in one go. Oh, that really tells so, you something about the nifty nature of the internet, doesn't it? The, it's the positive side or its capacity to actually uh, make it possible rather than uh, interfere with people's lives. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I'd like yeah, to put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, a lot of people do view, uh, you know, the digital world, you know, quite sceptically, especially when it comes to transacting online. So it was one of the things that we were worried about initially, you know, how people would actually take to, you know, buying tickets online because a lot of small communities uh, in regional areas don't work that way. You know, they they prefer to buy tickets over the counter and they turn up on the day of the screening. So ours is a little bit different because you have to buy a ticket, you know, well in advance of the screening um, to make sure that the costs are covered. 
But uh, but look, it has actually proved uh, that you know people are taking that next step, and just seeing so many screenings going ahead like this uh, is sort of really opening our eyes and um, showing us the potential of communities to get together and bring uh, you know films that they want into their local cinema. And of course, it's got a fabulous fundraising potential for the, you know this. This is something that communities do fundraising. Yeah, that's right. So, look, a lot of the screenings for Embrace have actually been fundraisers for a whole range of different, you know, female-focused charities. So there might be breast cancer or um, or the, a, a local women's shelter or, you know, some, some people have even raised money for domestic violence-related organisations. So it's been really fantastic to kind of see... Um, you know, so many people benefit out of a screening of the film. So everyone gets a cut, the cinema gets a piece, uh, a charity can get some money, um, the the content owner, whoever has made the film, gets a slice, and, of course, we do as well. Um, but the important thing as well is that hosts actually get a cut at the box office as well. So everyone that hosts the screening with us um, actually get a 5% uh, cut of the box office, which uh, really helps to incentivise people and... You know, for some people that want to print out flyers or want to do something, um, you know, a little bit more entrepreneurial with their screenings, that small amount of money, that 5%, really uh, goes to uh, help them cover those costs as well. Don't go. I've got lots of questions to ask you. You're on 3CR on Show Real with Annie, and we're talking to Danny Lechevre from uh, FanForce. Now, how did you have you got a background in film? Uh, we do actually. the the um, uh, The other business that we run here is called uh, the Solid State, and we're actually a, a marketing agency for film and TV. So, uh, for years, uh, for about ten years now, we've been cutting trailers and making posters and working on social media campaigns for films. So, um, yeah, one of the very first films I ever worked on was um, was uh, Chopper. Oh, uh, right, by hmm. Andrew Lanker. So, yeah, it's a great Australian film. Um, so yeah, so we uh, for the last ten years we've been doing all of these campaign materials for Australian films, and um, the thing that actually got us started on Fanforce was that we we would go to these conventions. There's a convention every year on the Gold Coast called uh, um, the Australian International Movie Convention, and all of the people that run cinemas and all of the distributors all get together and they you know talk about the new films coming up, and um, all of our discussions at the convention with a lot of the smaller cinemas. Um, every year people were saying, okay, well, you know, when are the, when are the Australian films coming out? You know, we're not seeing many Australian films. Um, but we'd actually be working on a lot of these Australian films at the Solid State, doing trailers, and a lot of them just weren't uh, reaching the cinema. So we just thought, look, what's going on here? There's some sort of disconnect where, um, you know... <laughs> People are making these films, and then there's people that want to play these films. Yeah, because people uh, say this all the time, oh, there's not many Australian films. But then, actually, there are. There are actually lots of Australian films. There is. There's lots of Australian films every year that get made. Um, but it's just the, the the way that the the industry has evolved over the last 100 years of screening films has meant that, you know, for some of these films to get into some of those locations is actually quite risky so that's really what we're trying to do with, with the platform is to just take that risk out and basically say to cinemas, look, there's no risk anymore because we're covering all of your costs and um, we're going to bring a few hundred people through your cinema on a really quiet night of the week, like a Monday or a Wednesday, 
and um, you're going to make some money off it. The filmmakers are going to make some money off it. And uh, best of all, the community is actually going to see a film that they really want to see. Now, I so, know that when there's uh, contracts that are made with cinemas, because it's, uh, it's much more complicated than most people think, and uh, I've actually spoken to uh, exhibitors. Uh, so in the past, in the dim, dark past, there used to be a feature and a short, which was common, okay? Uh, and... Um, no, it's a long time ago. But when I was asking this person about that, they were saying, oh, well, no, we can't run a short as well because we're contracted to show, you know, this film in this particular way over this particular amount of time. And we're talking about blockbusters and stuff like that. So you're talking about, so they do have some flexibility in the quiet times. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, in, in their schedules, and it depends on the cinema because the ones that are single screens, for example, are, are really quite difficult to get in because they're sometimes they're booked uh, for months in advance. But, um, you know, for other cinemas that do have multiple screens, you, you, can, uh, you can get in there on their quiet nights, like on a Monday or a Wednesday night or often when we do our screening. And um, if they've got a spot in their schedule, we can uh, screen it on a Monday or a Wednesday night and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make their other bookings difficult. So we, sometimes we have to negotiate, and if it doesn't actually work on the day that that host wants to screen it, then usually the next, the week after we can usually uh, negotiate some time to screen it. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, if mm. uh, if uh, cinemas are going to make some money, um, like anyone, you know, they're interested. So um, so the more and more screenings we're doing, the more um, cinemas are starting to see that uh, the platform has. Um, you know, is really viable for them and it's a useful way for them to connect with their community as well as, uh, you know, make some money. Now, I said to you when I asked you to talk to me about this that I've interviewed a couple of different uh, Australian filmmakers who have used your platform. How did they find their way to you and what kind of deal do you do with them? Uh, well, look, it really depends. There's different all sorts of uh, ways. Sometimes we work with a distributor, as we have on Embrace, we work with Transmission Films, um, who we've made trailers and, and, and posters for, for for years. And, um, you know, because our platform works on a community basis and grassroots level, they did a traditional camp, a traditional release of Embrace, um, you know, through a few cinemas like Palace Cinemas. Yeah. And we handled all of the hosts that wanted to basically screen the film themselves for their own networks. So they're two very different campaigns. So, um, yeah, Transmission came to us uh, with this film. Uh, but on other films, uh, for example, we worked on a, uh, a great little Australian uh, thriller called Crushed. Uh, which yeah, had, yeah, uh, I uh, talked Les... to those guys. Yeah, that was yeah, interesting. Les... It's got Les Hill and uh, Sarah Bishop in it. Yeah. And uh, it's a re really great little uh, film uh, made by this great uh, director, uh, Megan Riakos. And um, that film, um, that filmmaker came directly to us. She didn't have a distributor on board, and we worked uh, with her to develop a campaign and materials, and um, and uh, worked out a strategy of how to actually get that out into um, into cinemas, into people's so that notice. Really, that's right. So, um, but look, we we started with her immediate network, and that's the that's the one thing that filmmakers don't often think about. Like when it comes time to, like get the money for a film to crowdfund a film, uh, filmmakers often think of their relatives or they think about other people in the industry that they've worked with to get the money to make the film. But 
but they don't often think about how to release the film. And our platform works in exactly the same way. We, we say to them, look, you've got, you've got all these people that helped you make the film. Sometimes that's hundreds of people. But they Just all want to see it. They all want to see it. But imagine if each one of them actually was an ambassador for the film or was somehow uh, contracted that they would actually get, you know, a small portion of the back end of the film. Each one of those people could also host a screening of, of that film as well. So, um, so that worked really well on Crushed. So there were members of the cast, there were even members of their family mm. that hosted uh, screenings in their local community. So it was a really great way to sort of build that, an, that initial um, uh, a batch of screenings that happened in all different locations. And um, as that grew and as we did more and more screenings for Crushed, uh, cinemas started to notice it. And they said, oh, look, we just did a... We just did a screening in, in um, you know, this particular cinema and there were like 300 people. You know, the cinemas don't want to miss out. So we ended up doing a lot of um, run, a few different runs in different regional cinemas where they said, look, we would like to run this film now for a week because clearly you've got an audience there and, um, you know, you've got some great tools as well. So we'd like to uh, run it traditionally for a week. So a number of cinemas came on board like that. So... It was really great to kind of see, uh, like, you know, an organic kind of explosion of people wanting to see the film just based on the filmmakers uh, building on their immediate network. Well, that's fascinating, isn't it? And so uh, you've obviously... uh, How long has this been going on for, Fanforce? Uh, It's only just over a year. We actually launched it uh, at the beginning of last year. Yeah, right. So... um, yeah, so the first film that we launched with was uh, a zombie film called Wormwood. That's a few first of great film. Know. It is a great film, and um, that was such an awesome film to see uh, fans get behind in the cinema. Like there were some people that used to come to our screenings that I met that had been to seven different screenings of that film. <laughs> so they, these aren't these aren't regular people that come to these screenings. A lot of the time, they're really devoted fans. And some of them come back and, and see it again and again. And other times there's hosts that, that do multiple screenings for the film. So it's just a, it's a really good reminder to filmmakers that um, if they do the right things with their audience at the beginning, if they cultivate like a culture around the film, like while they're, you know, even before they're shooting, during uh, pre-production, during production, if they keep building their audiences, um, those people can actually end up being really great ambassadors for the film when it comes time to release um, release it. Because just having that one person with a great network in a local community means that you might be able to get a few hundred people into a cinema um, at $20 a head. So that's a real... That's kind of a, a really amazing thing for some of these people to do. On Wormwood, um, the guys actually uh, did a really interesting thing. They got some of their fans to actually appear in the film. So there were people people, people that fell in love with the idea from the beginning and uh, a couple of them, you know, got to go to one of the shoots. They got all done up in the zombie gear and um, they were in a few scenes. So just that connection with the film and people, you know, people that love zombie films, they're just, they're a special breed. So, But it's also, it's an hilarious film. It's really good. It's, It's really well made. It is. It's really well made. It's got tons. It's got of a laugh great. It's it. got a great female character, and and the Aboriginal guy in it's hysterical. He is, yeah. Uh, uh, Leon, his name is, and he's uh, 
those, those, uh, that film was just a great crowd pleaser and it was really great to be in the cinema with fans when they saw that. And it was such a rewarding experience because the, those guys, um, the filmmakers really gave the audience what they wanted. Uh, in a, you know, and they combined humour, they gave them all of the all of the great things that we know about zombie films. Oh, and it was love, frightening they, too. It was scary it was too. Yeah, <laughs> it did it all. Like, it, it ticked all of the boxes. Yeah, but it was. The ho- some of the hosts that um, the hosted screenings that were in it, they were so proud of their, you know, couple of seconds of fame of being on the big screen. Um, you know, one of them was a, a university lecturer up in Queensland, and uh, I went up to that screening there. And he had brought half the university along to a screening in Southbank um, at Cineplex Cinemas up there. And they were so G'd up in that cinema. I've got this amazing picture on our website of like a couple of hundred people in that cinema all standing up in their seats pretending to be zombies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because they loved this uh, lecture of theirs that was in the screening. And, uh, you know, the, the best is on, he, he was out in front and everyone that hosts the screening with us, they all uh, introduced the film. So there's a kind of personal connection there before the screening. And uh, he had a few post signed posters that we brought up. And uh, whoever did the best zombie impersonation was going to get a free poster. That's so, fantastic. Uh, so that's the kind of thing, like just having that connection. That's why the screenings are so different because they're not just like normal uh, screenings that you would see in a cinema, they're actually people that have got a social connection and it just makes the screening so much more intimate. And um, you sometimes forget that that's the way that cinema was designed, that you were supposed to be in a room with hundreds of other people having a communal experience where everyone would be, you know, scared or laughing or crying together. Like, that's the thing that cinema has got that sometimes you forget. Like, even with the blockbusters, sometimes you'll go to a cinema... Um, and there'll only be five people in there, mm. so you don't get that you don't get that communal experience a lot of the times, even with some of the bigger films. So, um, so to, just to see those films when you've got a few hundred people in the room together, especially fans um, sharing that experience, is really a great reminder of what cinema is supposed to be. So, um, so if you're, because we're coming up to the end here, uh, and this has been a really quite a fascinating talk, I think, because this is based on very clever thinking. You guys have really come up with a very clever idea. Oh, thank you very much. We, we, uh, we're just starting to see people get behind it. So, um, yeah, so look, we, we weren't sure of how it was going to work at first, but uh, yeah, just seeing so many people coming through and seeing, you know, these films that may not otherwise have gotten any airplay in the cinema, um, it's really rewarding for us. So, yeah, so if any of your listeners are, are keen and they want to see how it works, all they have to do is uh, just go to the site and uh, pick a film and shoot us a, a booking and we take care of it all from there. So it's Fanforce. Yeah, that's right, Fanforce. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Fanforce is the place. And... Um, and uh, Danny, does that mean that you guys create a catalogue now? That you've got you've got a catalogue of potential films? Yeah, look, we've got we've got hundreds of films on the site. We've got small documentaries um, about all sorts of different issues, from animal rights to the environment to you know uh, body image, all through to like horror films. We've got uh, even you know even uh, the last Oscar winner, Spotlight. We've got uh, for screenings there as well. So we've got a really great 
um, catalogue of films that people can choose from. And there's more that are getting added all the time. Thanks very much for giving me your time. No problem. Great to chat, Annie. Bye. Speak soon. Bye-bye. And that was Danny uh, Lechevre from Fanforce. And coming up next, and a very clever idea, and coming up next is Published or Not, and we're going to go out with My Head Clever. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.